Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Teresa, and with me today is... Steve. Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christlikeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. Today we are in Psalm 44. This is another masculine, Sons of Korah, ooh, which I looked up, actually, because <laughs> I keep coming across them. We're in like a little section of them. And so Sons of Korah, they were Levites from the family of Kohath, Kohath? Yeah. And they served in the temple, specifically in musical worship. Yes. So, I know, but we haven't said that before. So. I know. Uh, well, I <laughs> You're like, yes, obviously everybody knows this. <laughs> well, I didn't know this. So. No, the sons of Korah. Korah is a Levite. Well, all the, all the priests had to be Levites. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But right? it doesn't say that they were priests. It just says sons of Korah, the choir master. It doesn't typically, say they were. Typically, it's assumed that all the psalms are written by... I know this, but does everybody know this? Or the king. Because I feel that not everybody knows this. Because David wrote a whole lot, and Solomon wrote a whole lot, but not all of Solomon's songs got into the book of Psalms, because I think it's in King, 1st King, 2nd Kings, Uh, says that Solomon wrote like a thousand songs. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, he's, he was a musician. He was a busy guy, man. Think of all the wives that he had, all the kids he had, all the songs that he wrote, uh, and yeah. he was a king. And he How wrote, did he have time for all of that? he wrote and he wrote song of songs. I mean, and he, he, I mean the, the guy knew how to multitask. He did. Okay, Psalm 44. Do you think you could read that for us today? <laughs> yes, I can. Psalm 44, come to our help. Oh God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. With you, with our own hand, drove out the nations. But them you planted, you afflicted the peoples, but then, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did they by their own arm save them. But your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God, ordain salvation for Jacob. Through you we push down our foes, through your name we tread down those who rise up against us. For not in my bow do I trust, nor my sword save me. But you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually and we have given thanks to the name forever. But you have rejected us and disgraced us and have have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for the slaughter and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You made us the ta- ta- taunt. You made us the taunt. <laughs> you made us the taunt <laughs> of, of our, our neighbors. neighbors. <laughs> the derision and <laughs> scorn of those around us. You made us a by- byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples. All day long my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face. At the sound of the taunter and the reviler, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger, all this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you, and we have not been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the place of the jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. We have forgotten the name of our God, or spread, if we have forgotten the name of our God, or spread out our hands to a foreign God. Would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Yet for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake. Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? 
Why do you forget our afflictions and oppressions? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our bellies cling to the ground. Rise up, come to our help, redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Thank you. Um, yes, we see here a psalm of suffering, a psalm yeah. of pleading, a song of asking God questions. Where are you? Why aren't you saving us? Like we, we have been faithful. Where are you? So this is a psalm that I think many of us can resonate with. And I mean, we all suffer in different ways um, through our life, but here it's pretty, you kind of giggled a little bit when, <laughs> for yeah, your just, sake, we are killed all the day long. It's like, there's a drama is yeah, what you're thinking. Yeah. But I really do feel mm-hmm. that, especially when you read David's Psalms, he really is being like, they are trying yeah. to kill him, you know? Son, it's not like... Sons of Korah do come across a bit dramatic at times. Well, they're, they're poets and, you know, they, <laughs> what? <laughs> for all the you poets. No, I write poetry. There. I understand it. You know, the artistic we people, we tend to be a little bit dramatic. The views of the people <laughs> speaking are not necessarily the views of... Of the rest of everybody. <laughs> uh, okay, I forget what that is. So yes. Anyways, verse one, we start with, they start with remembering what their parents have told them about God about who God is, about what he has done in the past, right? Oh God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. Yeah. And so this is that generational passing it down, that generational faith, yep. you know? Like, and we need to hear these things. We need to hear what God has done yeah. and the amazing things that he does in our lives and in the lives of our parents and in the lives, you know, we need to tell yeah. our own kids, like for us, some of the things we have passed on to them is just about our one, you know, our youngest son. He was a miracle. He was a stillborn baby, and and uh, Steve prayed for the Holy Spirit to breathe life into him, and he took his first breath. And so, like these are things that we share with our kids. And you know, this was God. This was an act of God. You are alive. Yeah. We all all alive because of God. But specifically, this is so clearly your life was given to us because of God alone. Yeah, and that that whole idea, like the days of old, right? Like you watch you know, like Lord of the Rings movies. And it's like, mm. we're going to sing songs yeah, yeah. about the, the victorious past and right, the all glory of these days. things. And we're going to remember that stuff. And that's something by and large we're losing in our, I in know. our world today. Yeah. Um, we're more worried about what's going to happen in the next five minutes than we are about what happened 50 years ago. That's right. Right. And sometimes we forget those things. Maybe that's some why, of, yeah. some of the best times that I've had in, church ministry is sitting quietly in a corner with a man that is much older than me. Right. Learning. Listening. And I now know, sitting as a 50-year-old, I find that I have young guys wanting to sit in the dark corner and listen no, to my stories. No, you're the old guy. Like, you are the one that, know if I'm ready you know, that. are telling the deeds of the days uh, of old. Yeah, I, back in my day. Yeah. Well, and in verse 2, we see that they were told how God set them free, right? You, with your own hand, yeah. drove out the nations. But them you planted, you afflicted these peoples, and you set them free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. So God saved them, but not because of anything that they did, only because he delighted in them. Now, this is talking about during the time of Joshua's conquest, when they drove up the Canaanites, and they planted Israel in their stead. The kind of, this is all God's doing. Yep. Um, So, and we know... I mean, if you know any stories from back then, any Bible stories, you know that often Israel won and was undefeated 
because of God alone. Yeah. There were so many times when they were told to do nothing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. do nothing. Oh, that's a lovely army you have there. We yeah. need to get rid of some people right? so that God yeah. can actually win this That's right. You have too many. Yeah. You have too many. No, exactly. So verse 4 starts with, You are my king, O God, ordain salvation for Jacob. Mm-hmm. So they're wanting the same thing today in this moment that God did in the past for their ancestors. Yes. That's what they're asking for, right? And they know that, verse 5 says, they know their only victory is, is through God, right? Yeah. Through you, we push down our foes. Through your name, we tread down those who rise up against us. Yeah. So they realize this. This is God is the only one who can bring victory and salvation. Yeah. And so they're wanting that. Um, verse 6 says, for not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me. Right? So they know that they can't trust in those things because they don't matter. Yeah. Right? They don't save. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard part of all of this, right? So, you know, we're fully aware that as we do this podcast that there hmm. is a lot of turmoil. Oh, uh, absolutely. In, in Jerusalem. Especially in Israel. In Israel. Um, there's, a, there's rockets raining down on neighborhoods in, in both directions. and Which, I mean, and really, so we can't fathom that here in in Canada, no, where we are, this—that's, I mean, the concept of being invaded by or or attacked by a hostile force is is very. Is it's a very distant thing. This, yes. Um, but here is the truth, right? Where do you? Where do? Yeah. Where do they put their trust? What can save you? I, and this is so hard to ha- have to read and reconcile to the world around us because how do we protect ourselves? Yeah. Well, by our might. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what we do by force. And yet, here's <laughs> these psalms saying, "No, that's not how it happens." Right. No, absolutely. Because they go on in verse seven and eight to say, "But you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame yeah. those who hate us. In God, we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever." And then we have a cella. The pause. A pause, and it does. It changes here. Well, I, I got a quote. A pause comes in fitly here yes. when we are about to descend from the highest. Yep. To the lowest. I was just going to say, but no now... No longer are we to hear Miriam's timbrel, but yeah. rather Rachel's weeping. That's exactly right. Because they're talking that's, about... That's Spurgeon, in case you're Of course. Wondering. No, I was not wondering. <laughs> but <laughs> they're remembering and they're they're um, recognizing that yeah. God is their salvation. Yeah, he's but one then, of the old guys I spend time with in the dark corners. No, no, stop. Lots of books. Stop. Books don't count. Books yeah, are not people. Books are good. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying... <laughs> but, it's books different. Have to count. It's I have, different. I books have, have to. I like books. But now we descend, yes. right? Now we descend into rejection, into being cast off, into being disgraced. It says, "But you have rejected us and disgraced us, and have not gone out with our armies." So there's an abandonment feeling here, right? The armies have been alone, yeah. on their own. So here they have their sword and their bow, but they don't trust in. But that's all they have. They yep. feel like God has left. You have made us turn back from the foe, and those who hate us have gotten spoil. So if God is not with them, they have no hope and they are suffering. Yeah. Right? So verse 11 goes, this is the first time here we see um, the sheep for slaughter it comes again <laughs> later. Uh, you have made us, and it's not just like we are like sheep. Um, no, you have made us yeah. like sheep for slaughter yeah. and have scattered us among the nations. Right? Like, uh, God, we're helpless. You have made us helpless. You have scattered us. Yeah. You know, they're, they're in this, in this moment. I know yeah. you can say something, you want to say something. Oh, yeah. Just give me one second no, and then I'll let yeah, you, okay. you dive in. They are recognizing God's sovereignty here. His mm-hmm. hand yeah. over 
everything, good and bad, his hand. He is over us. He is over everything that happens. These are a people at this point in their history Hmm. who have been slaves. Oh, Yes. Who have been yeah that talks about that verse twelve <laughs> and crushed <laughs> yeah and you know like so many things and this is why these these verses are there is because they know mm. in God's sovereign plan mm. those hardships were for a purpose uh, yeah which was to refine the people and yeah. bring them back to that's right Yahweh to strengthen himself, their right? faith and so here and they are they're them. saying you know what there are times God where you have made us like sheep that were fattened up yep. To be slaughtered. Just to be killed. Uh, and you kind of, that should sit kind of weird on top of us as, as well, believers. Well, I think it sits because, heavy. Because that's that's the authority we give to our King and our Lord and our Well, we don't have Savior, to give it to right? him. It is his authority. Yeah. But as yeah. believers, well, I mean, give it we like, submit like to we, him, right? We have to acknowledge, we acknowledge that it. that's, that's yeah. his. We, right. Like, like, it's not up to us right. to forge a perfect life. No. Uh, no, because well, we can't. God, God has that plan apart from Christ, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So, verse twelve, it goes on to say, "You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. <laughs> you have made us the taunt of our neighbors." Again, it says, "You very directed. Yeah. You have made us. Um, you have made us a byword among the nations, a laughing stock among the people." Um, and so they're they're yeah. focused on this, like, "Okay, God, we know." That you are allowing this. Yeah. Uh, all day long my disgrace is before me and shame has covered my face. So they're saying there's no rest, right? At the sound of the taunter and the reviler, at the sound of the enemy and the avenger, they just feel shame. Yeah. And they feel alone. And then verse 7, or 17. <laughs> I, I, say, I love this verse, actually. So they're saying this and they're being <laughs> so vulnerable with God, so honest with God. This is what's happening to us. You you, 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 yeah. you. Yeah. And then 17, it says, all this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you, and we, and we have not been false to your covenant. Yeah. So they're reminding God, we love you. We trust yeah. you. We are faithful to you. And they're asking, what are you doing? We've Why been, are you allowing this? We've been doing what you told us yeah. to do. Our heart is not turned back. Our steps not departed from your ways. We've been faithful, God. 19, this is a hard one. Yet you have broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. I, I like the jackals one too. You have broken us. Despair, yeah. depressed. They know. So here where they're sitting, they know the mighty things God can do, has done, and believe will do. But they're confused as to in this moment why they are suffering, even though they are faithful. And I think we can be reminded in the psalm that God does see us in our suffering, and he does have great plans to come from it, even if yeah. we can't see it yeah, in yeah. that moment, right? Yeah. The, uh, this is David Guzik, G-U-Z-I-K. He's a commentator, but in firm but polite protest, the psalmist <laughs> <Yes>. insists <laughs> that Israel's faithfulness to God has been answered by only disaster yes. from God. Right? From God. <laughs> exactly. Because even verse 20, it goes on to say, if we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands at a foreign God, would God not discover this? For yep. he knows the secrets of the heart. So they're like, okay, I get it. If we were doing all of these things, God would know it yeah. and this would be justified. But we're not doing those things. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> he knows our hearts. And again, verse 22 Yet for your sake we are killed all the day long. 
We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. We are helpless. We are suffering for you. Mm-hmm. So here that brings into that little, this is not just suffering for the sake of suffering. They are suffering for, for belonging to God. That's why they're suffering. And then in verse 23, they again plead, awake. Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Save us. Mm. And they continue to go on. They feel that God is hiding. He is hiding his face, right? Why do you hide your face? Verse 24. Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? So here they feel abandoned, right? They feel, in verse 25, brought low. They are humbled. They Mm. don't have hope. Um, Right. And then verse 26, asking God to rise up a plea, redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Yeah. Now, if you could read for me Romans 8, yep. um, this is where we see the sheep and the slaughter again um, in the New Testament, Romans 8, verses 31 to 35. Yes. Uh, I just lost my oh, spot sorry. on something, something that else? I was going to say, but it comes after this. That's uh, Romans 8. Uh, starting in verse 31. 31 to 35. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Hmm. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who intended who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Hmm. Yeah, so the question I think we need to ask ourselves is what do we do in the face of suffering? Mm. When we feel that, yes, we have been faithful to Jesus and we are walking and yet we still suffer, there's still things that happen to us and come at us in life that we aren't ready for, that we don't want, that hurt us. Whatever that may be, what do we do? And you want to read verse 37 for me? Do you want 36? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be at the slaughter. That's 36 and then 37. That's right. No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Yeah, that's what I wanted. The stuff 37, thank you. Yes. So, was there something you had to say? I have. I was just going to say, like this is this is this. I, I, the quote is is mm. right here in Romans. Like that's a that's a psalm that Paul uses. Yes, that's to right. teach in in the book of Romans. Yeah. Exactly. No. Exactly. And I think there are things that we can remember in our suffering. Um, I've got just three here that we we suffer in life. We will. In some way, somehow, each one of us is mm-hmm. going to come across things that cause us to feel that suffering, to feel alone, or that maybe God is far away, or things are happening that we don't like. It's all different, but we will suffer in life. That's yeah. one thing that we can know. But in our suffering, we need to remember that God is not against us. Just because we suffer doesn't mean that God has turned his face from us. He still sees us, mm. right? And number and three, I think this is one of the most important ones, is that it will end. We have eternity with Jesus. So any suffering and yeah. discomfort that we have on this earth is temporary. Um, and that, that the purpose is always so that God is glorified. Right. And we might not see that in the middle of it, but it's so that God can be glorified and we can be brought closer to him. Is it hard? Yes. 
but keep your eyes on him. This psalm reminds us that we need to call out to Jesus and that it's okay to ask questions. I love that. It's okay. So many times in the church and growing up in the church, um, it's not really communicated that that we can be authentic and real um, in our faith. And I think that's important to know because God knows our heart. It says right here in the psalm, like he... (laughs) You might not ask him why, but if you're saying it in your heart, he knows. He hears that. And I think it's okay to bring that to him. Ask your questions, but keep your eyes on him, knowing that he has a purpose for you, even if you can't see it. Um, The one commentary that I used had a conclusion, and I I just was going to read it because I think it's valuable. One of the lessons God often teaches us in our suffering is that our theology of suffering needs to be strengthened. Mm-hmm. And I think this specifically is um, for certain parts of the world because in our part of the world, we don't understand yeah. suffering the same way as other Christians in other parts yeah. of the world. I think that's fair to say. He often graciously exposes our unbiblical paradigm of how he works. God will remind us that our suffering is not an indication that he has fallen asleep even if it feels like it at times. God will teach us more helpful theological foundation. God will show us in these moments that through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf, we can be confident that all our suffering is a part of God's plan to do something great in our lives. And if we ever doubt it, we should stop and feast on the promises that are ours that we find in Romans chapter 8. So I don't know what season you're in right now. I don't know what you've walked through or what you are walking through. But I know that you are loved and you are seen. And that if you are suffering, it will only last for a time and it will end. I just want to encourage you to stay faithful, to keep your eyes on Jesus. Because this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison found in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17. Well, thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or a comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day. Hope you can join us next time. Until next time.